All right, it's time for our uh, weekly Farm to Table segment brought to us by the McLean County Farm Bureau. And joining me on the phone is Professor Brian Deers from the Department of Crop Sciences at the University of Illinois. Hi, Professor. How are you today? Good. Good. I'm doing well. Thank you, Mark. Is it as windy over there in Champaign as it is over here? I don't know how windy it is there, but it's pretty windy here. Yeah, we're we're getting uh, big gusts here. We we are under a wind advisory. We should remind people, especially if you're traveling out on the interstate, uh, it's uh, bouncing our flagpole around right outside our studio. Well, let's get down to business here, and uh, let's continue our conversation that we've had uh, the last couple of weeks about uh, GMOs and genetic engineering when it comes to seed and uh, precise planting modifications. Uh, let, let's, let's start by reintroducing and re-explaining to people what is a GMO. Yeah, so GMO stands for genetically modified organism. And GMOs would be plants that would have genes that have been inserted into them through molecular biology. So the scientists would have isolated a gene and then transformed that gene and had that gene expressed into, in the plant itself. And there's been some, you know, over over the course of years, uh, and I think less so as we go, uh, controversy about GMOs, that uh, because they're not wholly organic, because they're modified, that there may be some sort of danger there. People are naturally suspicious. Uh, that's turned out not to be the case. Am I right? Um. So people have been suspicious about GMOs, um, but as far as I've seen, there's been no evidence in the literature to show that their GMOs have been harmful. And what you can do is you can think about that actually crops have been modified dramatically during the whole domestication and breeding process. If, if my, my expertise is in soybeans. I'm a soybean breeder. And if you go back to wild soybeans, wild soybeans look basically nothing like the soybeans that farmers are growing in the fields today. Um, if you go to Asia, what you can do is you can see these wild soybean plants, which are these viney plants that grow across the ground. They have tiny little black seeds. And what happened was that early farmers in China started selecting um, these wild soybeans, and over time they selected for larger seeds, upright growth habit, and different different characteristics that these farmers wanted to basically domesticate soybeans and make it into the plant that it is today. Um, And so what breeders in the U.S. have done is they've taken these plants that the Asians domesticated and we've bred them so they're adapted to our environment and and can produce high yield. Um, So really, you know, there's been a lot of modifications that, that have happened over time. And, in fact, these, these GMOs, are you can think about it as just another tool in the box that we can use to further modify plants to improve them uh, for agriculture production. And, and just for a layman like myself, and probably for uh, some of the people that are listening in our audience who aren't farmers and don't work with this every day, uh, how does that genetic engineering actually work? Yeah, so what would happen is, is the is a scientist would isolate a gene that is of interest. So to give the example, let's say, of, of Roundup-ready soybeans or Roundup-ready corn, what scientists did was they found a gene in bacteria that gave resistance to 
um, glyphosate, which is the active ingredient in Roundup. Um, they spliced that gene out of the bacteria, and then they inserted that gene into the corn and soybeans and had that gene expressed in, in corn and soybeans. Um, so you need the gene, and then you also need a transformation method to get the gene into the plant. Um, so once they were able to get that gene expressed, then basically those soybeans or corn were just bred like normal soybeans and corn to put these, these, the, the gene into new varieties or hybrids. Can you give us an example of uh, some of the research that you do there at, uh, at the U of I with regard to GMOs? What's maybe the latest thing that you've done regarding yeah, GMOs? But, yeah, my, my program is actually more focused actually on, on traditional breeding. So personally, I, I don't do work in putting new genes into plants. I have done some work with, with just breeding um, like the Roundup gene into different varieties and things like that. Um, big part of my focus, again, if you can think about this whole crop improvement spectrum, my, my big focus is really to identify naturally occurring genes that we can use to, to improve crops. Um, and one of the interesting things we have here at the University of Illinois is the United States Department of Agriculture has the soybean germplasm collection here, which has about 20,000 different types of soybeans. And so there's a lot of variability there that we can use to improve soybeans. So we're interested in seeing what genes we can find in that collection that we can use to improve soybeans. But in many cases, what happens is within soybeans, we can't find the gene that, that, that gives us the trait we need. So, for example, in the case of glyphosate or Roundup uh, resistance, in this naturally occurring soybeans, no one could find Roundup resistance. So that's why... Researchers then did the, went to, to, to bacteria to find the gene to give the trait. Same thing for BT corn. What they had to do was go to bacteria to get the gene for that trait because they couldn't find that naturally occurring in corn. Professor Brian Deers from the University of Illinois Department of Crop Sciences, thanks for joining us on our McLean County Farm Bureau Farm to Table segment. Well, thank you for having me.